Welcome to our Call to Care, the podcast. When I go into groups with young people, um, the the ideas, the the brainstorming that comes out of it is it's just inspiring. Safeguarding those at risk of domestic abuse is everybody's business. The message that we're getting sent out just now is stay at home, save lives. And actually for so many, staying home isn't saving lives. It's it's the opposite way around for some. I've got to be honest, when we set up the two conversations you're about to hear, I wasn't expecting to hear so much warmth and talk of creativity, joy even. So while of course in an episode that looks at domestic abuse, there may be some difficult things to hear. You might be surprised, like I was, by how uplifting and inspirational some of the content is. We're going to hear from two people who have a very particular perspective on care, connection, and what it means to support vulnerable people. Two people who work for organisations that we've donated phones and airtime to. Shortly, we'll hear from Susie. I've never done this before. Just to let you know, I've never heard of a podcast before, so... Susie works at Angus Women's Aid. And as you'll hear, she has some fierce insight and a really positive outlook on the work that she does as well as the young women that she supports. Believe me, hers is a perspective worth waiting for. But we'll begin and end with Zoe. Zoe is a detective sergeant in Divid Powys Police in Wales, and she's part of the Offender Management Unit in Powys. We help to safeguard um, probably some of the most vulnerable victims of offences. Um, so that includes offences of domestic violence, uh, controlling coercive behaviour, stalking. So Zoe is used That's to dealing with people who have good reason for feeling fragile, frightened and at risk in their own home. What are the things that you offer then to people who've been through some pretty horrendous situations, I suppose? Well, I suppose we we recognise that impact of domestic abuse on the lives of not just the victims, but also their children and mm. the knock-on effect that that has on our community. Um, I mm. think within certain, certainly within the domestic violence arena, the domestic violence world, many of our victims are sort of suffering in what we would refer to as hidden view. We see them, but we don't really see what happens behind those closed doors. And it's mm. it's when they make that 999 call to us, it's us that, you know, then sort of comes in through their door and it open up, opens up really this whole world that most people weren't aware of. Um, hmm. And then we come in and hopefully start to make some small improvements. Sometimes we make some huge improvements within the first 10 minutes just by removing the offender. Sometimes we make some big improvements just by moving the victim, you know, to a different location yeah. or to a refuge. And sometimes things can happen very much slow time as well. Um, and hmm. um, mobile phones, if maybe if I could just explain with regards to those... They help in every aspect of that. They help in the immediate response that we need to take. And they also help in the long-term responses that we have to put in place. Okay, so and so how does that work? 
Yeah, so so very often, uh, certainly I think when um, when we were sort of identified, you know, that we are now in lockdown, um, we tend to work with domestic support agencies, domestic violence support agencies very closely. And it became very evident to us early on in this lockdown that the victims are not going to have that hands-on visual, visual approach with these support agencies, mainly mm. because the government didn't really identify those agencies as essential workers to start with. Um, and also okay. many of those agencies weren't, were, sorry, were charity-based. So they yes. closed down. They're, they're all open and they're all brilliant and they're, they're all up and running again now. But certainly for that first two weeks, it became very evident to us that we needed to step up a gear. Um, and it was then really that mobile phones became really important because very often with victims, um, mobile phones are used as a, as a control mechanism. Yeah. yeah. So okay. they are okay. taken away from victims um, or they're usually the first thing that is taken away from a victim by an offender or they're the first thing that's damaged by an offender or they're the first right. thing that's interrogated by an offender. So um, victims yeah. don't sometimes have that access. Once their mobile phone is taken from them, um, that control mm. element is taken away from them very quickly. So the phones that we've had from Tesco's have really helped because we're able to give victims that aspect of their life back very quickly, that control yeah. aspect back to their lives. Um, yeah. Maybe if I just explain that... Um, sometimes we will give a victim the phone straight away um, if mm. their phones have been taken away from them. That doesn't just allow them to make the next 999 call that they need to make, but it allows them to make contact with their family, to keep contact with us and to keep contact with support agencies so that sure. um, arrangements, plans can all be kept in place, can all be updated if you don't yeah. have that phone, you can't make contact with those support agencies. You can't maintain that contact. Yeah, yeah. What's the most challenging thing uh, in in this aspect of your work, Zoe? What do you find toughest? Um, I think the hardest thing, the hardest aspect is dealing with victims that have children, young children, you know, that... Mm that sheer worry on that little one's face when you walk through the door in your uniform or you um, speak to them later, um, you know, their little faces. Um, mm. But just to know that we're there really gives a sense of satisfaction beyond anything I can explain, really. What do you wish you could say to people who don't call you or might call you and, and don't? <laughs> That's a good question, Carl. Um, I think to those that that fear calling the police or don't want to call the police. I'd like to just sort of reassure them that we are there for them 24 hours a day um, and we will help whatever their circumstances are. And to those outside of the domestic violence world, it's really important that they understand that safeguarding those at risk of domestic abuse is everybody's business. You know, it's not, and certainly during lockdown, it's not about closing the curtains, closing the doors and um, blocking out the outside world. It's about listening um, to friends, to family, to neighbours, you know, and, and identifying if there's a problem and calling either 999 or 101 if you recognise that there's a problem. 
Now, you heard Zoe mention the charities and support agencies that she works in tandem with. Susie works at Angus Women's Aid, one of those agencies, not in Wales, but in Scotland. Yeah, so we, we just tend to talk about sort of women, children, young people in our service uh, or using our services because it's not always, um, sometimes it's just for some information, sometimes it's for mm. support. We also provide refuge accommodation, so temporary safe accommodation um, for for women fleeing domestic abuse. Susie's always been passionate about working with young people and sadly, young people suffer domestic abuse too. Now we've got as young as 13 who are experiencing domestic abuse in their own relationship and it's it's staggering when you think about that. You'll hear more of Susie's passion and belief in young people very soon. Stay tuned. But first, I asked her, how do things begin? What happens when a woman first comes to them in need of help? Any woman, child or young person who's coming into our service initially, uh, the first meeting's really about creating a safe space for them. What does a safe space mean for someone who presumably feels unsafe? Yeah, a safe a safe space is basically allowing a, a we we'll use a, a woman for example, allowing a woman to be believed, to be heard, um, not again not dictating this is how it's going to be, um, allowing a woman to make her own her own choices, um, letting them know that they can talk freely. Um, we do let women know that we are a confidential service you know you find out what's going to work for for certain people along along the journey but that initial initial meeting and the initial creating a safe space has to be about believing a woman and letting her know letting them know it's okay to talk it's okay to but it's okay to not talk as well you know, say as little or as much as you want. It's not, you're not going to be grilled. You're not going to be, you have to tell us everything right now. On the other yeah. hand, you can pour out as much as you want. Listen here for the thought that comes with the care. Anything we do is is led by people with using our services. Um, we're actually not always the experts. Um, if young people want to change something, well, what do you want to change? How do you want to change it? Let's do it, you know. So, um, but we've also got our the young women's service, which is called Limitless, and again, that was it was decided by um, by young women. Uh, the name was decided by young women. The logo was designed by young women. Okay. It's all very, we talk about, so often we talk about, we need to do this, we need to do that, but we don't ask the questions. You know, we, mm. we, sit, and, we, we sit and make decisions based on what other people want, when in yeah. fact the best people to answer are the people themselves. That sounds like you've got a very strong set of principles at work there. Yeah, 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 we do. Every every idea has to come from from people who are using our services. There's it's again it's empowering for for women, children, young people. Um, yeah. You've you've got women who are coming from a relationship um, where they've been 
dictated to. They've been given rules. They've been told how to do things, told when to do things. To, and if they then come into our service and we say, well, this is how we're going to work and this, that's it, you've no choice on that, then actually we're not acting any differently. You're playing back that behaviour in a different way, yeah. Okay. It's, it's just repeating. So, so really the, the sort of participation, the, the, um, it's a needs-led service. We have to have that initial meeting with people and say, right, what, what is it you need from us? And then we take it from there. Susie loves her job and she's really clear about why. I, I get to stand in a room and just be inspired every day. Um, it's, it's amazing. And the people who inspire her are the young people she works with. The yeggs, as they call themselves, the young experts group, who recently faced the challenge of reaching out to help other young women despite the restrictions of COVID. So they made a video a video that's gone viral on YouTube. You'll find a link to it attached to this podcast. Susie talked about how it came to be and how important it was to them to have a crystal clear sense of purpose. Right, so we've got lockdown and we've got domestic abuse. How, how are we going to get the message out that you're not alone? And that was the, that was the primary thinking behind it wanting to let women, children, young people know that you're not alone. The desire to connect to women who need help is not in short supply. But the capacity to reach out, that's a different matter. And that's where we were able to step in and help. We're in the middle of the lockdown. Well, how do you communicate with people? You yeah. need You need internet connection, you need data you need you need a device you need you know it's the only way we're keeping in touch with people and yet some women children young people don't have access to to devices they don't have access to internet so many take it for granted and yet this isn't something that everybody's got um yeah. so and that again is where the donation came in um it's unbelievable the the donation that's been made because it's allowing communication um despite these circumstances that we're in just now and if you've got if you've got women children young people at home and they've no way of contacting us um yeah we're then they are alone tell me that when you say we when you talk about the team how many people are we talking about how big are you uh, we have uh, ten, 10 staff members um, wow, who, that's who not many. work. It's not a big team, no. It's not a big team. And the amount of work that's coming out of our team is phenomenal. You know, it's, it may be a team of 10, but it's an imagination of thousands, you know. Limitless uh, by the sound of it. Absolutely. Um, we've, we've also got, though, I mean, keep in mind, we've also got, again, the women, children, young people. So we're a team of 10 with ideas. But every person, every person who comes into contact with our service mm. have their ideas as well. And it always moves the service forward. You might be picking up by now just how instinctively resourceful Susie and her team of 10 are. We also have um, 
many ways of making sure our our phone number, our contact details uh, are in as many places as possible where it's safe for a woman to take down those contact details. You know, we wouldn't have up on the pin board in a supermarket because it's not the safest place to be. But we, it wasn't that long ago that I was going round every, every cafe, uh, restaurant, every um, supermarket, asking if I could put a poster in the ladies' toilets. Because right. it's the only place a, la- a woman would be on their own. Um, again, it's back to the thinking outside the box. How do we get contact information to to women, children, young people? You get it up in as many places as you can. But like I say about putting putting posters in toilets, um, it's a place where a woman's abusive partner will not be. Um, doctor surgeries, you know, things like that. You okay. you just yeah. you use any 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 means you can, and sure. we can we can be quite uh, resourceful when we need to be. <laughs> um, it sounds like you are very resourceful and creative. There's been a lot of focus on how lockdown has affected city life, but when it comes to isolation, there's a very particular challenge when you live somewhere like Angus. You've got seven localities, but they're miles apart. It's a it's a huge area. So in a way, uh, uh, unlike a city, yeah. um, I, I'm sure, you know, I mean, it's, it's one of the most beautiful parts of the world, isn't it? But but actually, it would be quite easy to be to feel isolated, not just in terms of psychologically, but geographically, you're probably isolated too. Yeah, geographically, isolation is is horrendous, especially at the moment because half of our our public transport services have stopped working. Sure. You know, they're they're just they're they're not. Which is why, again, going back to the, we're trying to make as many as many options for women, children, young people as possible, because we we recognise that people are isolated due to mm. due to their location. Um, we're also isolated because we're we're working in an office, but we can't have anybody yeah. into that office, and we can't yeah. go out to places that we would normally go out to to sure. to meet women. So you know, it's it's isolation all round, really. Yeah. Um, and and so so connect connection in terms of phones or what whatever the whatever the platform is. Yeah. Connection must be even more important than usual in terms of using technology, right? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. without a doubt. And I, I actually, it sounded my responses to the emails that I got um, must have sounded like I was laying it on so thick, but it's actually the truth. You know, I was, I was astounded first off at the fact that we were being given the phones, but when they said about the. Um, you know, we're going to preload them. We're go- it means you're going to have so many minutes, so many. I don't have the exact figures right here, um, yeah, but it was, yeah. you know, it was, it was like we've got minutes. There's text messages. There's eight gig of data. There's, you know, and it it was just, I I 
I actually didn't know what to say. I think for the first time in my life, I was speechless. And trust, <laughs> it does not happen often, but I was actually <laughs> speechless. Um, yeah. Because I don't think anybody realises how important this is to stay in touch um, when you've got many, many people are many women are locked down with their abuser. Now, if you've no way of keeping in touch, it's, it's well, we know the, what the end result is. We've heard it in the news. Um, we're getting things like isolation murders and COVID murders and things like that being talked about. It's domestic abuse. It's not, you know, it's not. Um, and it's, yeah, so that, that line of communication can... It's it's life-saving. Phones, airtime and data. Literally saving lives. When you listen to Susie, when you begin to imagine the lives of some of the young women she and others like her are supporting, you can't help but reflect on how important some things are. Things that we might take for granted. Everyone takes it for granted that they're... They're going home at night, you know, after whatever they've been doing during the day, they're going home to that that safe space. They're going home to a partner, maybe going home to, you know, going home to pets. You know, it's it's yeah. homes. Homes meant to be your safe space. And for far too many, it's not far too many. Um, but we we keep trying to change that. I asked Susie if she had a clear sense of purpose. Our goal is that women don't need to be in touch with us. You know, Your aim is to be come... redundant, I suppose. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. We've come yeah. through a journey together, you know, we, we work together, um, we we allow them to to work through, to learn about domestic abuse, to learn about warn, early warning signs. You know, we've got so many resources. Um, but then once you're at the end of the journey, you you don't want them to need you anymore, and no. it's 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 kind of try to put yourself out of a job almost. But it's... yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be nice to think that one day you're not needed at all. I I, I can't see that coming anytime soon. But that would well, be I, a I, nice. I I actually keep saying that. I keep saying that one day I hope I'm I hope I'm unemployed. In certain <laughs> fields, you you do sometimes wish that. You could just be one of those people that you go, I'm not needed anymore. Yeah, um, yeah, in the perfect yeah. light, in the perfect world. Um, and we'll work, we'll keep, we'll keep plugging away and pushing for that, that perfect world. Um, but I, I think it's, I think it's a while off, but I think yeah. it's starting to come round. But now the shift that we need is for the focus to be on the perpetrator and not on the woman. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. we, for example, I've already mentioned that we provide uh, safe temporary accommodation. Yeah. Why is it the woman moving out? You, you sounded a note of optimism just now, which was really nice to hear. You, you said you, that things are changing. Do you sense, obviously it's not something you can quantify, but do you sense that um, awareness is improving do you sense that people are more willing to speak up either on their own behalf or for others or are you just a natural born optimist 
I think just natural born optimist. No, I, I would, too. I, I would love to. Um, I, I do think, I do actually think things are changing. The olden days of you've made your bed, you lie in it type of thing. It's gone now. That's not the way it is. Um, and of course, we're doing work with with young people in schools. We're doing our our YEG members are all the their class that's domestic abuse champions. So they wow. are going out and educating their, they're going out educating their peers. If you think about, we're going into schools, so you look at years from now, you're raising empowered, empowered young women and respectful boys. So there we go. That's the equation, isn't it? I'm, I mean, I'm always hopeful. <laughs> I would love to think in 10, 15 years from now, we have a generation who are respectful, they're empowered, and they know that if you see something that's not right, while keeping yourself safe, there's something you can do about it. What was it Zoe said? It's everybody's business. And it's our call to care. Just as we were wrapping up, Susie reflected again on the source of her inspiration. And I think I realised what it was that she really does to help the women she works with. She gives them their voice. It's just great. It's great with the young people because they're so they're so clued up, um, and they're going and they're going and taking this to their their peers. Um, That's so amazing. It's, it's, it's amazing. great. It's great. I mean, it's, it's, it's terrifying to think that there are thirteen-year-olds already in abusive relationships that's just it's almost too much to actually take in that that's that that's happening but that might just sound naive to you but it, but it's hard to to believe but of course i'm sure it's true what's what's as amazing is that young people are taking it in their own hands to do something about it that's yeah. just i I, yeah. I was going to ask you a question about what are the what are the rewards for you? And it, I, I kind of don't need to ask that question because no. I can hear <laughs> I can hear what they are. Is when yeah. you see young people taking up responsibility and and yeah and doing those things and spreading the word themselves. Yeah. That must be amazing. Yeah. My yeah. my my reward is just it's it's being surrounded by such inspirational young people. That's I mean I get paid for this. You know it's <laughs> it's great. It's yeah. and it's when I say inspirational, it's not the it's not the tagline inspirational. It's actually, you know, I'm sitting here learning every day from from young people things yeah. that you don't think about. It would be easy for me to say, well, here's how it was when when I was fourteen, and here's here's this and here's that. But it's been a long time since I was fourteen, so I ask a fourteen year old. How is it now? You know, yeah. It's but the oh my goodness, the rewards when that when that video went live on on YouTube. Oh my goodness, uh, it's yeah. just <laughs> uh, it was just oh, a bursting with pride for them. Absolutely bursting yeah. with pride yeah. for them, and that's but also having them come to me and say, um. Oh, we were we were doing this in school the other day, and I actually stood up and I said um, X, Y, and Z, and 
you know, that's when you know, you're, you know that there's a difference being made. Do people come back to you and let you know that things are much better now sometimes? Do they remember to call you then? They do remember, Carl. You know, a lot of a lot of the people that we ha- uh, have dealings with will make that odd phone call to us and will send us an email or stop us in the street and thank us and say, you know, you really made a difference. And it, it sounds yeah. it sounds corny, but it happens. It happens, and mm. we see. You know, I've been in this job nearly twenty years now, and we're dealing with the children of the families that that we used to come in contact with. And and it's fantastic to see the changes in their lives. It really is. I often feel the luckiest person in the world, and that's that's the truth. It sounds so so cliche saying that, but I I really do. I I really am very lucky in what I do. No, I can I can tell you mean it. I can really tell you mean it. Carl, can I just can I just say a thank you? Um, I just really wanted to say a massive thank you to, obviously, to Tesco for donating the mobile phones to us. And I know they haven't done it um, by way of wanting to promote themselves, uh, but it really, really has helped the vulnerable victims, certainly within Debbie Powys. Um, so a big heartfelt thanks to all the Tesco staff and to all the families of the staff, really, that allow their family members to turn up to work every day um, and keep going. So thank you to them all. You'll need a lot of editing with that bit. <laughs> That's all right. I'll do my best. I'll do my best. Listen, Susie, thank you so much for your time. OK. Thank you really very much. Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening.